This episode is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency. If you're looking for an insurance agent with a personal touch, someone willing to have the real conversations about what's important to you, assistance with submitting claims and offering quality coverage options, Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency may be the place for you. Whether you need home, auto, farm, commercial, life, or health insurance, we're here for you. Check us out at agentzachmiller.com. Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Western Agriculture Insurance Company. My next guest is the owner of Midwest Music in downtown Norfolk. Chad, thanks for making time to be here today. Hey, thanks for the invite. Appreciate nope, it. No problem. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad we got it to work out. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm Zach Miller with my co-host Vance Nightig. Thanks for stopping in, Chad. And we are touching base with Chad Barnhill today. Um, let's kind of get started. I don't, I don't know how many people would know your background, so if you're okay with maybe getting a little bit of your background in, we can start that. Yeah, I'm the music man of Norfolk. <laughs> right. um, I own several businesses here in town. Uh, I'm actually what a lot of people see me as a face on is uh, Midwest Music Center. Yeah. Uh, been with them for many years and uh, took ownership uh, back in 2008 is when there. So started working there in 96. Wow. Uh, so been there quite a long time. Then, uh, but along with that, though, actually, uh, I'm on the road a lot with uh, piano tuning. So I have Barnhill Piano Service. Okay. So I actually am a piano tuner. Been doing that for 21 years. Wow. Uh, took over that business from uh, Keith Matthews uh, okay. here, who was a, a local tuner and just was looking to get out of the trade. And uh, so I did an apprenticeship with him way back in the day. And uh, so it's been days out on the road working on pianos. Yeah. Uh, also have a crazy little basement uh, business called Premier Batons. So when you look at the uh, band directors that are out on the stage, that stick that's in their hand, uh, a lot of them I actually have sold. So, uh, wow, um, that's pretty cool. We're one of the, there's actually, it was a niche market that came into us, so, so it's a really cool thing. And uh, we sell them worldwide. Um, been doing that since the late 90s, early 2000, and probably have sold 80,000, 90,000 of these things. Do you, you know, make Chris. those? Or do you... My dad used to back in the day, uh, and then when he got frail and then finally aged out and has since passed away, but uh, I had actually transferred over to one of my employees, Ty Anderson, and uh, he was doing that for a while out of his um, uh, shop. And then he had uh, moved to Kansas, and so he actually is still kind of helping a little bit along with my brother. But I have actually other people making them, so I'm the marketer and, and gotcha. seller of them. That's pretty cool. No, like um, custom designs and stuff? Or? Yeah, uh, custom shapes. Uh, there's uh, uh, different woods and shapes and lengths in there, uh, so the varieties. And then we sell them to online, sell them to music stores, distributors, overseas. So I got several clients in Great Britain, Japan, um, things like that. You know, kind of It's really kind of cool. cool. Kind of a little market there. So I'm going to back up even further. Where did you grow up? I uh, grew up in southeast Nebraska. Uh, grew up on a, on a farm. Uh, last name is Barnhill. Grew up next to a town called Barnston, Nebraska. There you go. Uh, and we actually had a barn on a hill. Uh, so, <laughs> But I uh, went to school at Wymore Southern, uh, southeast Nebraska, so south of Beatrice. Lived uh, four miles from the Kansas border and then uh, went through, graduated high school at uh, Wymore and then uh, shot up to Wayne State. And, Is that kind uh, of what brought you to the area was Wayne State? Yeah, yeah, Wayne State. I went to a music camp actually there as a high school and really fell in love with the campus. And when I did my campus tour, I just noticed that one of the key things is when I was walking our campus, people actually said hi. 
So right. it's still kind of hometown, small town type of feel there. And uh, so it really drew me there and had a good music department. I went in as education and found out in the first six months, no way, man, I don't want to do, I don't want to be a teacher. So right. I did uh, music business. So, business, so I graduated with, a, I was the very first music business uh, graduate from, uh, with a master's there, or not a master's, just a bachelor um, at uh, Wayne State with a minor in business administration. Really? That's yeah. what, I mean, that's really cool yeah. to be the first one to come out of there like that. Yeah, yeah. I started doing something like that at Kearney music business just because okay. I, I have a love for music but I, I just didn't fall through but <laughs> it was a lot of fun being you know learning about the history of music and things like that yeah um so obviously you were you were a part of band in high school yes what yeah, was your I, instrument yeah. of choice uh drummer a uh, big time drummer in high school so yeah. i was that was really drew me into the music department i gave actually a lot of lessons as i was later in high school and like that but i was a big drummer back in the day Good. Well, so when did your love for music kind of start uh, boy, I started drum lessons in fourth grade. Uh, I remember taking my first drum lesson at Barnston Elementary with Yovana Pettit. Uh, and, uh, Good memory. Yeah, I can't believe I remember that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> she was my music teacher, and I just fell in love. Her son actually was a really good drummer. And I really thought it was cool. And I remember him coming to school one day, and she might have been, and he set up his big drum set and played, and I just fell in love with the drums. My bro- I had a couple brothers that played a little bit, uh, but I I just I just took the passion for it and I really dove in and uh, bought my first drum set from Knowles Music and Beatrice and it was a little Ludwig, red, white, and blue, American looking sparkly thing that I wish I had today because I think I probably bought it for a couple hundred dollars and it's probably worth a couple you know, thousand now. Right. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. <laughs> That's crazy. I wish I I so I started on the saxophone. I kind of wish I would have chose the drums. It was between those two, okay. but. Uh, because isn't drums kind of more you you can branch out in more instruments? Yeah, piano, guitar. Yeah, it's it's kind of based in the sense like they want as a percussionist you should know your piano background uh, because if you're playing in band they want you to be playing uh, xylophone, chimes, marimba, which is piano based, and then uh, and then all the auxiliary percussion. So not only are you playing snare drum, you're playing timpani and bass drum and tambourine and cowbell and. And there are techniques to all that, you know. Right. It's just not hitting it. It's there not. It's not just. A, I need more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a fever. <laughs> so did Wayne State have a band too, or are they, are yeah. they not? Do they? Yeah, yeah. So Wayne, too? yep, yep. So at Wayne State, I was in uh, marching band and jazz band and orchestra and, and, and all the music stuff that's really involved there. So it was real big. Uh, uh, marching band was really big there. So I was in marching band. I was uh, in the football field. I was the beanie boy. Uh, uh, I was the I was the the comedian at football games. That a lot of people watched me more than the football game, uh, and I was the guy with the beanie on his head. So nice. the, the, the the helicopter thing, not just a beanie, like a real helicopter thing. Right. <laughs> so being involved in all that, I mean, how did you keep the balance between doing all that and schoolwork and oh, having yeah. a having a personal life too? Yeah, that was that. Yeah, it's something you you learn. Uh, I learned a lot of time, and I always say I'll sleep when I'm dead. Right. Um, that you just don't sleep a lot. Uh, you spend a lot of time early mornings when you're in the music um, field in the, at Wayne State. It was a lot of early morning classes, like like an eight o'clock class, and in, and throughout the day. But then all the ensemble stuff was later day. So it might be five six o'clock or seven o'clock class of orchestra or something like that later in the day. So it was long days. Um, but I just wouldn't have a passion of music. It was always music based. A lot of it was like that with a few things in between. So it, it was just that passion. Didn't really feel like work. Yeah. It didn't feel like fun. work in class. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fun. Um, sometimes. Um, but then, um, 
I would say I, I put in my four years, you know, yeah. <laughs> I got out of there and, uh, and survived, but it, uh, it was, it was a good challenge. Like I say it was, it was, um, just that thing of, you didn't focus on the fact of how much sleep you're getting. You're like, you know, get a nap in here and do like that. Keep moving forward and, and keep getting better. Right. <laughs> so going from Wayne State, how did you then come to Norfolk? Or yeah. did you travel nope. in between there? That was, I was living in, in, in going to school at Wayne and I started at Midwest Music Center. So Midwest Music Center, uh, it, before Midwest Music Center was Tom's Music in, in downtown Norfolk. I Tom's, remember that. Yeah, they've been there for over 40, almost, I don't know, 50 plus years. I don't know how long they were there, but... Uh, Larry Jones was working for um, um, Tom's Music and had the opportunity, and, and things just didn't go together where he, he he wanted to buy Tom's Music. It just didn't happen, and so he ended up opening his own music store in the corner of 4th and Norfolk Ave. And shortly after they opened up, actually, a music professor introduced me to Larry, Larry Jones, at a, at a conference, said, hey, this kid's going to school for music business. He'd probably be a great candidate to work at your store. And so that was kind of pretty much the interview right there. And I started working part-time. So I was working part-time at Midwest Music Center and going to school. So I'd travel back and forth, pretty much go classes in the morning, drive over to Norfolk, work through the day, and then drive back for stuff at night. Wow. And... and that was home, you know, there until eventually I graduated in 97. So then when I graduated in 97, then that's when I moved into Norfolk and, uh, and had a house here. And did so that. kind of been there ever, just been involved at Midwest Music ever since? Yeah. Yeah. Since the pretty real close to when they opened, just a few months after they opened is when I started working with them. And then uh, again, yeah, the opportunity of, of back in the day being downtown all that time and, and then again, the opportunity to take it over in 2008, my wife and I. Is that when, because you guys, the store moved, right? Uh, it was, it stayed at 4th at Norfolk Ave when I owned it, and then we moved it in about 2011. Okay, I couldn't moved. remember yeah. when that got, when that move happened. Was that a pretty good mm -hmm. transition for you? Yeah, uh, it was a good move. Uh, in that time frame of when I took over, I say we, my wife and I, my wife is actually 51% owner of the music store. Oh, uh, so she's my boss. Um, uh, so she, uh, it, it, it's a Just thing. business so or? It was, it was a business trait thing. You know, we went, when you, back in 2008, when you went into the banker and, and, and we talked to RJ Gall. RJ Gall is a guy here in town. And, He's a great guy. Yeah. And I remember he was, he was my banker at, uh, at Bank First. And he said, here's the deal, Chad. If you're going to be 51% owner, I've got a stack of paper, and it's going to take us two or three days. We're going to get all like that. If you put your wife at 50% owner, I got three or four pieces of paper we can sign, and we could be done here in a couple hours. That was a big and push for the woman-owned, small yes. woman-owned business small, time yep. frame. Yep. That was women, uh, minority, and military. Yep. If you like, you could just real quick. So she's 51% owner. Anyways, uh, so that was interesting in that. But, yeah, in, in, in time, we when I, we took over the store, um, we had the opportunity to actually open a second store, and we did in Lincoln at the time. So we actually opened one over on, on Havelock, uh, North Lincoln. Oh, I didn't realize that. And yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is another kind of a historic looking downtown part of Lincoln. And, and we were the only music store north of O Street. Well, just like if you remember back in the time, I mean, 2009, 2010, 2011, business was, I mean, I took it over and things were going solid. And then, Boom. wow. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. A lot yeah. of stuff happened uh in there and so things didn't go as planned in lincoln but there was a great opportunity to expand the norfolk store uh with the gearies who uh they were doing a lot of renovating of downtown mm -hmm. and so that store 
the old Hesteds and that area. Um, I think it used to be a pet store, but Nebraska Appliance actually used to have their storage where we were right? because they were down. But they were remodeling that, and, they were, and we had a great opportunity to move from over and get bigger locations. So we closed the Lincoln store and doubled, tripled our size of the Norfolk store, and it was a great the a great um, decision. You guys have a lot in there too. Yeah, I yeah. was just in there. Well, twice in the last week. <laughs> yeah, getting those cables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we're. It, I get like say my commercial. We throw on there. We we don't have everything, but we have a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind and of you the can big get thing. Most everything. Right. right. I mean, if I can't, yeah, if I if it's not there, we can get it, and mm-hmm. uh, or not everything, but. We try our best, and uh, that's the way it's always been. Is we just we can't put it all in the store. We're not that big of a, a store to be able to do that. When you don't but want something sitting on the shelf for right, for right, her. yes, uh, dollars you on the shelf. A, you have to have the customer base to be able to have that much stuff too. Right, and we're kind of limited in the amount of people that are around here. Exactly. I mean, there is a lot of people in the area, you know, in the hub, but it's still you're still limited on the mm-hmm. amount. Yeah, yeah, and we and we took the the big philosophy of uh, Norfolk is a lot of beginners. You know, we don't have a, we have some professional musicians and solid, but we have a lot of beginners and mm-hmm. a lot of people who want to learn and who every that that's always continual. So we focus on that. That's what we have at our store. We have the picks and the strings and the sticks and the things that are getting you started. And the books and the yeah, game. yeah. So if you need something a little bit extra, we can order that. You know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't take but a few days actually to get it in. Or mm-hmm. I have suppliers that are. Uh, if I order on Tuesday, it's in on Friday. You know, if I order on Friday, it's in on Tuesday. So just a few days, it's it's in. I think in. it only took two days for the yeah. cables that you had to give me. Yeah, those come out of Wisconsin, actually, for my supplier there. But there's th- that actually UPS trip is just two days. So it's super easy for me to get stuff for them. That's great. And you're very knowledgeable. You got it. Yeah. Education yourself, educating on things, reading up on things, following up what the new trend is. You know, people are coming and asking questions. If I don't know it, I'm going to research it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other thing is, um, that, I mean, the Internet is fantastic for that right. in the sense of like I can find the answer. If I can't get the answer, I'll, I'm going to find someone who does and and help that customer out. Well, it helps when you know what you're looking at. Yeah. It's like me when they told you what I was looking at. I'm like, I really don't know what's going on. I, I went in to see if he could help us. There's some equipment that I had that I wanted to kind of have talk to each other, and yeah. we kind of brainstormed it, and we figured out it wasn't going to work. It, so we yeah, went a different route. Work. Yeah, <laughs> and now it works. It's yeah. in there. But So, yeah, that's what a lot of what we do. Like today was uh, like example of today. Like I started off tuning a piano in, in Wisner, jumped in the van, drove to Pender, and I had to jump in the school, and they're updating their sound system in the gym. I want a bunch more wireless mics, but I got to figure out all the frequencies mm-hmm. to make sure they're going to go in there. And then jumped over to another church, or a, a church just down the, uh, the block, who was wanting to put in some new speakers, and they had 30 questions when I got there. And I think I answered 29 of them, you know, and they were super, super happy. And and then jumped on to, uh, where'd I go to uh, Lions, to tune a piano and <laughs> there, and then back here for this. So wow. That's, that's busy, my day. <laughs> It makes your day go fast, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always on the move. Always on the move. It so, seems uh, it's it's refreshing to hear you say stuff like, uh, "I'm gonna have the answer," or if I don't know the answer, I'm gonna find the answer. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of a lost lost thing that we've lost on these some younger mm-hmm. generations. I feel like the old guy poo pooing on the younger generations, but I know in a lot of of our age and older, I mean, a lot of those people say the same thing. Yeah, I don't know it, but. 
if it's my my specialty, I'm gonna figure it out. You're gonna figure I'll it out. Find exactly. It for you. Yeah. I'm not gonna just like, oh, I don't know that goes somebody else. Right. <laughs> and some people do, and it's kind of frustrating when you get when you run into something like that. It is. I in the trade that I'm in, we do with Midwest Music a lot of stuff. We do you don't see, which is installation. So we do a lot of installing sound systems in churches and gyms and ball fields mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just like that. It's like I get calls. You know, my I, my phone number is very public. I'm, mm. I am okay with getting a phone call at 7.30 in the morning on Sunday from a church because they can't figure out what, what, what happened, what's going on. And nine times out of ten, it's a button they pushed, you know. Right. And I always have to tell them, like, hey, you're my eyes and you're my, you know, I, I'm and hands, you're, you're going to do what I tell you. And I could usually fix it within five minutes because right. I know it's a simple trade. But if I can't, you know, it's they, – they're, they're just real appreciative because – I answered the phone, yeah. and they know that I'm going to be calling them later to figure out what happened. I'm going right. to find out what's going to happen. You know, how can we fix it? You know, it's I'm not going to leave them go, and and that's how we we get a lot of our businesses. That I I answer the phone and it's and the I'm service not, side. Yeah, it's the service is really really big, and it's not service that's 30 days later. Right. You know, it's like yeah. I, I if I have to, man, I'll drive there at eight o'clock at night and fix it. It's just. It's important to me. It's right. super important, and I think that's what makes your business better than the others is that you're willing to go the extra mile. So have you done most of the sound systems around the area then? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things we... Because you're kind of one of the only ones that really can... In this area, yeah. There's locally, a, anyway. Yeah, there's a few companies that come out of Lincoln and Kearney um, and then come up and do some things on the bigger con, like new construction stuff. You'll see those guys. But I get the phone calls from the... Most most of the churches around Norfolk and actually around northeast Nebraska. That's good though. I've been in their sanctuary, in their attic, in their basement, in their walls, digging through and putting things up and everything like that. So, and the new thing with when COVID hit is it took it to a whole new vamp. Is everything went from very minor audio and pot and and getting things into the internet to we want the next thing. If they were using their phone, now they want to use their computer. If mm-hmm. they got their computer, now they want two cameras. Now they want three cameras. Now they want to move those cameras with a PTZ. That turned into a whole new realm when as soon as COVID hit, that was just nuts. Everybody had to. And and so that was new education. I didn't know right. any of that stuff. And uh, and Ty, who was working with me then, he really dove in. And then we just kind of worked. And it was just like going to school again for a few months. And we right. figured it out. And, Works through it. <laughs> Usually, having that initial knowledge though helps with some. Even some of the newer stuff, it still mm. kind of works the same way. Just yeah, more technological based, I guess. Yeah, it's a challenge. Everything's changing and going a little bit different, and everything's you know you're dependent upon the internet and the speed and the provider, and, and, mm. and so there's a lot more things involved in the circle than just you. Right. But you just gotta gotta stick, keep digging. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we always say you learn something new every day. Yeah. Abs- you know, to keep going. Absolutely, yeah. Um, when I came in and, and talked to you, I said, you know, I like to try to keep things local. It's nice to see other businesses yeah. or other places, churches, things mm-hmm. that need sound systems, sound systems have come to you. So that's good to hear. I tell you, that is uh, the biggest thing why I would say why Midwest Music Center is still around is local support. That and a lot of the businesses that are around that survived COVID and even before that, um, the local support actually in Northeast Nebraska is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's why we're here, and that's I can't thank the community enough. And it's not just Norfolk; it's just all of Northeast Nebraska. We're a hub, and uh, 
people come to us because mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I get a lot of people who come in and they'll say, you know, thank you, you know, for your, for your support. And we're, and we're here because we want to support you. Right. I hear that actually quite often. I really appreciate it. Do you, and you help a lot of the local high schools and stuff with their instruments too, right? Right. Yeah. We, uh, so we do a lot of fifth fifth grade and uh, band director or band kids. So the kids start in their their horns. They they come to Midwest Music. Um, so we rent two hundred fifty to three hundred horns uh, a season in the fall. You know we see a lot of those go out. Uh, we work with a company actually from Florida that supplies those instruments for us. Um, but we we do you know they come in the store back in the day. You know again pre COVID mm-hmm. uh, we would. I would be, a, a typical day would be go tune the piano, come back to the music store in the afternoon, get about 25 instruments, throw it in the van, drive to Stewart, Nebraska, do a rental night, which means get in front of the parents by 6, 30, 7 o'clock, talk to them for 45 minutes, rent horns, get out of there by 9 to drive back home to run. That was every day from uh, August 25th to October 1st. Wow. You know, it was just to the wall nuts other than that now we with the new technology and everything we can rent horns online a lot right. of everything's done online or they come into the music store so if someone from atkinson wants a horn they can actually get it rented and it's shipped right to their front door do you work with like the pro the school programs to to get them to tell the parents hey this is where yes. you can go to to yeah so we, that's the we new recommend thing these guys to, so that's kind of an exclusive deal right you have right yeah. it's not so exclusive you know they there's lots of other companies but they choose midwest music because Again, that if there's an issue with the horn, they we're not call that you. far away, okay. and uh, and we can get it taken care of or get them a loaner or things like that. But yeah, so we we do a tremendous amount of that, and then we have orchestra for it starts in fourth grade, um, and then do I back in the day I used to do a lot of drumline work with Norfolk High and some a lot of other stuff, so I don't do nearly that anymore. I've gotten you know the age is coming up a little bit. I'm not. <laughs> Not old, but uh, I, I'm, I'm. You still look good. <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> but uh, my, when my daughter graduated high school, that was when I decided, hey, I'm I'm done with drumline. I did that for about twenty plus years. Wow. Yeah. So I know you said music is really important in your life. Do you feel that music can bring people together or even help people through tragic events or life struggles? Oh God, yeah, man. There's n- no question. Stories on stories on stories on that, man. Um, that's big. Uh, music is. I mean, you think about it, You a, a funeral, what's some real important things is, A, talking about that person, and what's the toughest things they're always doing? They're picking out a song. Yep. You know, what's going to heal them? Then music heals, and it helps over and over and over again. And uh, when people are down, they're listening to music, and they're getting ready for a ball game, getting pumped up. What are they doing? Listen to music, man. It's, 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 it's just music does. It's uh, Music is, uh, and playing music is the only um, activity that involves 100% of your brain. Right. So when you are playing an instrument, playing the piano, singing, it involves every portion of the brain. It is one of the only things you can do in your life. So it's really, it's good. It's good for what we call the endorphins. Right. Uh, but yeah, it is healing. And uh, it's, I mean, it's helped me through a lot of stuff. Um, and it, it's, it's big. It's, it's important. It's important to me. Super important. We just talked about that on the last podcast, how yeah. music could get, you know, any of us through quite a bit of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So it was, it was kind of cool to hear that from you too. Sure. Um, what would you want to tell any kids out there that are thinking about getting into music? Um, if they are scared and afraid, like how to get started? Boy, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's, it's just 
what is a fine it's something that makes you happy something that you want to do and not made to do you know your your parents you know you know they'll, they'll push you maybe they were a drummer or they were a guitar player no, you try you can try but it's mostly just like what what's exciting you you know what do you what do you see or what when you're watching getting online and doing stuff what do you it really draws you to watch and say all right i like watching piano then there are bunches of way to, to learn it and the other thing to understand is there's not just it's like i said there's not just one way to learn that instrument there's always another way. And here's a couple examples of one, uh, just a couple weeks ago, um, guitar player down in Kearney, Nebraska, and he was playing at uh, um, a bar down there. And traditionally, you, you hold everybody holds a guitar, you know, a certain way. I mean, it's just that way, whether you're right-handed or left-handed like that. Well, this gentleman, he can't t- uh, turn his wrist with his left hand and, and chord a guitar. He just can't. He has something wrong with his wrist. So he can't hold the guitar, and he and it's the same right or left hand. So he has the guitar, and he holds it. Imagine that you see it like a cello player. He was holding it like a cello player. Because he could keep his wrist. He could keep his wrist this way. And he was playing, and he was standing up on stage and just ripping, just yeah. killing it. And you, and all of us that were there, we were all elbowing each other. You see what he, you see, look at him, look at him. You know, and He wasn't doing it the traditional way. But he figured it out, right? You know, he figured it out. Another one, a gentleman in in Norfolk, I've known when he was younger, and he was working here um, at one of the factories, and he lost two of his fingers. He was a shredder on on guitar, like he could shred, and he lost the two middle fingers were cut and don't. And so I remember he came in, it was all bandaged up, and I was like, "Man, dude, what's 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 up in there?" He says, "I cut my fingers are cut off." I said, oh, man, are you, like, you're not going to play guitar? And he goes, no, mind. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and she, she, he, he, he learned a new way, and he is still now today still shredding. The same thing. He just doesn't have those two fingers. He just figured out another way. Wow. So there's always another way to learn the instrument. So don't get so frustrated in the sense like you have to follow that. I mean, there, there is your traditional way, and you need to. But sometimes you can figure out a different way. There's different ways to learn the piano. There's different ways to learn the guitar. There's different ways to learn the drums. There's, there's a lot of different... Find what works for you, and there's so many outlets. I mean, besides private teachers or teacher in the school, there's with YouTube and and online and you TikTok. You can pretty much learn yeah. anything on YouTube yeah. anymore. There's the new way. I mean, obviously with with uh, our new generation, we we want um, what do you call it? instant gratification. We want to learn it and know it now. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm that way. <laughs> so so that's tough with an instrument, but people have now figured that out and say, okay. Uh, how do you let's get people interested in so I'm I like I'm always watching these TikToks and they show the piano player with the numbers on the keys and how easy it is actually to play that song which it is it's right. super actually easy but they're they're showing me how to learn it now right like not not take a week not to take know. that and take it through a different song type of thing yeah, yeah. um and going back to the guitar not uh, most guitar players I've seen not a single one of them hold it exactly like you said exactly the same way right every uh, Famous musician holds it a different way. Yeah, hold it, or they have a different type of guitar, different shape of guitar, different type of strings on their guitar. They've found what is comfortable to mm-hmm. them. I always see those bass players that have it like <laughs> hanging so down low. Like, how do you do that? that yeah, that's it's crazy. I have no idea. I watch that and I laugh. Uh, or you got but, the ones that play it like way up here. It's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. We do a we do a rock band camp at the at the store. And I was so going to bring that up. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. So yeah. So the, and that's what we talk to them about is the different ways. And you know, it's not just one way. It's like what's comfortable to you, right? Exactly. Yep. 
so kind of going back to <clears throat> making the leap to purchase the the business, he kind of already talked about that. Um, you know, but being a business owner can be difficult at times. He talked about you know the, closing the Lincoln store mm-hmm. through some of that um, in that 2011 time frame. Um, how has business been for you otherwise, though, as far as like the business itself? Business, good. Um, again, local support's been great. The store as Midwest Music Center is strong. We have had a really good foundation built. Um, the COVID years actually were some of our best years, actually, which was weird because... Um, Did you read my notes? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I was just saying. I'm just that's kidding. part of it. That's literally the, that's like the, <laughs> the next okay. question I was going to ask you. Well, that's. I mean, I'm saying that. so before COVID, things were good. I mean, we were we we had over a hundred, like 110 lessons going through the store. We were doing heavy installation, and and everything was good. And then when when COVID, I mean, things. That's when we, as a business owner, I can't imagine everybody in the world just. We had, an, we had to figure out a different way. Mm-hmm. Well, in music, it, it it was just weird. It was just that, you know, in the first, like, week, okay, when we go into, so, quote, unquote, lockdown, everybody, or, or we had to, couldn't do things, you know. So, stage one was um, the vac- vacations all got canceled, okay? Mm-hmm. So, everybody couldn't go on vacation. So, what happened in the in the first few weeks is we were getting the dads coming in saying, man, our vacations got canceled i've got 1200 bucks that i'm not actually spending i got extra 12 i actually you know i'm gonna be home i'd like to learn guitar i'd like to or man i like to learn piano i could get a keyboard we were getting dads and moms coming in buying stuff because they had some extra money actually because they had to cancel their trick and they got their refunds second stage was when the kids were home for a month oh man i tell you what moms coming in and saying we got to get my kid doing something because they are sitting <laughs> watching tv all day and so so they had to become the music teacher at the home so we could not keep ukuleles and guitars and keyboards and and kazoos anything it was just whatever they could keep to keep their kids busy man we would sell 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 was the supply chain difficult that sucked that was really tough that's when it just frustrated you like here it was in your life you had something that meant people were buying and i could get stuff couldn't get it in oh man that was so like that was so frustrating and uh so that that was one frustration the second frustration was the price uh, price increases on everything mm-hmm. and yeah. so a lot of that in the music world had to deal with the freight containers coming over a freight for the suppliers that used to be a container that they used to pay fifteen thousand dollars and they would fill that container with guitars okay that same container went up to forty thousand dollars with the same amount of guitars to go into it so which that means they have to raise their prices so it got really and still is crazy dumb and frustrating because things you bought for 45 bucks before covid now cost me 120 right you know so so yeah so that was real frustrating in that so yeah it was like man we we Things you know as bad as COVID was for business, man. It was it was good for the music business, mm-hmm. but it, then that was short lived because we just you couldn't get product. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Not most business people we've talked to. I don't, I don't think there's been too many negative impacts from COVID. Do you remember? Most not, everybody we not said. really. We, but we've talked about it a lot. We were kind of sheltered here in this area. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had we had good leadership, decent leadership on the state local and state levels to where they weren't hamstringing everybody yeah. right um and it was and also people ways. adapted like yeah, you said and adapted. adapted to it yeah and i have noticed 
at least on the hobby side for mm-hmm. sure and different things, um, interest side companies, they seem to always had the boom because people were bored. You got to exactly. do something. If I'm not going to hang out with my friends, I'm not going to just sit by myself. If I'm not yeah. like just watch the paint dry. I exactly. need to figure something out. So, yep. you and know, your arts, your crafts, your hobbies, that and type we of were stuff. That. And we were that. Yeah. What we, our biggest hit was uh, lessons. So we couldn't go one-on-one with lessons. And that was a whole new learning curve for some, you know, teachers and learning how to do an online lesson. That was, I mean, that's difficult. Did it still like work? Uh, it's it to a extent. We went from 110 lessons to like 25. Mm. So that was pretty tough. And then you don't it's have just that not as personable. Thing. Yeah, it's just not. It's it unless you're a techie person. You know, there's you could man, there are some people that really figured it out mm-hmm. yeah. and are still doing it today, and then it's great. Most of our guys just weren't that, and so it was tough. I just don't. I, I've never enjoyed the Zoom style. Yeah. I, it dry. It's just not fun to me. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's just I that just personal it, touch, just especially sit. when it comes to music. I just think. Yeah. yeah. And it's a delay, an audio uh, delay. So that's real difficult too. So you're trying if you wanted to play together with someone. Yeah. There's that latency thing. And, and I could uh, I could see from your side of it if you're trying to teach somebody like the piano or something, you could just see how maybe. It's hard to see what they're actually doing yep. with your fingers and stuff like that. So it's a little hard to correct something like that, right. I would imagine. There's a lot of finesse stuff that didn't you can't take care of. And then, like I so said, you'd have to move the camera or they'd have to move the camera. And, yeah, it's it, it was difficult. So that was where we took the biggest hit was lessons. But otherwise, you know, we when our, our, our um, employees were staying, you know, I sent them home a lot. They all got paid. That was a big thing for me is like, you know, it's not their fault. Right. Uh, so I made it real important. But I you know, I had projects for them to do, and they still were doing stuff to keep the store profitable and keep it busy. And, uh, and they were they were still getting paid even though they were home. That's good. I'm glad you did that. How long did you go not being able to do personal or one-on-one or type, uh, in-home type stuff? Or It was all based off of kind of following the school. You know, when the schools were back to go going in, then we came back. Gotcha. Into in there, so we followed kind of what Norfolk Public and and their uh, CDC stuff was their regulations. As soon as they were kind of 100 percent back in, then we were rolling back to lessons. Gotcha. Are most of your lessons done at the store, or do you go do yeah. them in Bers- like at, at the store? Yeah, all of them are at the store. Yeah, we have uh, several studios inside the store, uh, and uh, so they're one-on-one half-hour lessons that go on in there. So it's usually late afternoon to early evening, but yeah, it's all in the store. Through COVID, could you have gone to people's homes if it was something they wanted? It wasn't like uh-uh. a, I yeah. couldn't remember if that was something you could have done. I mean, technically could have, it was, that was all personal things. So like piano tuning, uh-huh. obviously I'd go to their home. Right. So when, when COVID first hit, I had a lot of cancellations, <clears throat> but as, as many as cancellations I got, I actually got a ton more Right. people. Hey, we're at home. We're actually playing the piano. We're totally okay. you come in, some people were like, hey, please wear a mask. Some people were like, no, we don't care. Right. <laughs> Right. No. Yeah, if you got a cough, cough was, in your jam. I was that guy saying, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah, yeah, I just, okay. just couldn't remember how that worked out. Cause if, if you had a business, if it was, a, if you couldn't do it, but if somebody was doing it on the I side, think there they was could like go do the it. Fifteen days. For yeah. the fifteen days, you probably couldn't have been able to. But there was that. I, I wouldn't imagine that there was a specific thing for you, but everybody for fifteen days, they were trying to say, don't right. do anything. Don't do anything. Yeah. And okay. then after that, it was kind of. Yeah, and I remember those first few days of how it was like. Yeah, I, like one of our instructors had. No, not they didn't have a COVID. Their mom had COVID, so they were connected. They were living there, and so it was like, oh man, we we're sanitizing the whole room. We're like, you know, like this is all brand new, you know, right. and everything. So that was, that was crazy. Yeah, it was a weird time. 
Hopefully we don't have to go back there. Again. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will never go back to that. <laughs> yeah. I guess if I die, I die. Yeah. <laughs> it's my time. I'm here, brother. I'm not, not going through that you. weird shit again. You're going to make me put my work boots in a bag and mm. spray them with Lysol and then put my other shoes to go home. Right. Not, not happening. Not happening. Um, I do, on your lesson side of it, not mm-hmm. COVID related, but is your clientele, do you, you have more younger people, or do you get some older people? Yeah, wanting uh, to learn. Uh, probably the majority is younger, so we're talking fifth. Well, I would say we have some piano kids that are probably six, seven year old kids that do come in, and then we have the elementary and junior high stuff. We have seen quite a bit of an adults coming in and taking lessons, so I'm starting to say uh, that that percentage is going up. In fact, we have one of our instructors, Dave. Uh, David teaches a. Uh, actually a band class and it's all adults hmm. i think they, they they've named themselves the openers i think so they're there they <laughs> it's it's a doctor uh it's a farmer it's uh another gal here in town i think what i don't know what she does in there uh, a guy who owns a convenience store here in town and they're and they're they get together and they're learning like a dozen 20 songs huh. And they're just waiting for someone to say, hey, can we come play like 20 minutes before you and be in the openers? That's really and cool. It's so cool to see them come in in there. Well, actually, yeah, fun, one, one of them, I'll say his name, Dr. Davis is in there. And uh, <laughs> he uh, he actually was uh, the pediatrician for my my kids back in the day. And yeah. so, and he, was, when my son was born, he was the doctor. And so, but he's now coming in taking, he takes a private lesson, but he also comes in and takes a group. It's a, it's called a group lesson, yeah. but it's all adults. They're all, huh. that's really cool. They're all, I would say they're all young at heart. You know, they're, they're, they're not old. They're young at heart for, for some of the older people that, cause I can't, I'm just, these are questions that I'm asking because <laughs> I always wish I would have learned to play the piano. That's the one thing I would have, would okay. wish I would have done when I was younger. Is it harder? Is it really harder the older you are to learn stuff like that? Yeah, yes. The answer is yes because you personally, again, the it's the instant gravitation. Yeah, uh, that's part of it. Um, and as an adult, we're just busy, and yeah. so when we're trying to find time to practice, the ugly P word, practice, um, that's the tough thing. It just takes you know that moment, but it's learning that you don't have to spend an hour. Working out, man. If it's five minutes, sit down for five minutes. If it's ten minutes, sit down for ten minutes. You know, it's getting, it's tough to do that as an adult. You yeah. know, and so that's our our tough things as as we grow. But if you're committed and you're willing to do that, if it's not a daily, every day, or a few times a week, you actually can learn pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. Can you go from playing a, a you know regular sized piano to a keyboard and still learn? Like I know, aren't keyboards mm-hmm. have less keys, or is that more wrong? No, you're right. Uh, keyboards are typically like there's 61 keys on uh, smaller ones, and then 70. Uh, 72 and then 88 88 keys is the full so it's like as it gets smaller it takes away from the right and the left side and but everything in the middle is the same so okay. 61 it's the middle of the piano uh, so yeah it feels different it plays a little differently but the concept is the same okay is in that i just wondered if they were going from you know when you're trying to learn you maybe go home and practice <laughs> and you don't have a full piano if you're right if it, if it affected their no, I mean, it, it, it's in the technique. I would say in the technique. But when you're first learning, it don't matter. You're yeah. just trying to learn CDFG, you know, and the sharps right. and the flasts and how to do a chord and stuff like that. I'd love to learn uh, drums and guitar, so I may, I may come see it. We'll see. But time time is something never, I have less and less of every day. You're never too old, brother. <laughs> no, that, it's not too old. It's finding the time <laughs> the to do time. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's always a hole in the schedule. <laughs> I'll think about it. It'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. 
Especially yeah, getting yeah. like you know, getting some frustration down to the drums. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's been great for me in my life, and and being a drummer is is stress is business and stuff like that. And I've always got the drums that release. They always look yeah. like they're having the most fun. Yeah, I am. I'm having. I people. I <laughs> that was always a big thing in college, and and actually today when people when I'm playing, people love to watch me play. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm all in. I don't care. You, you watch me play. I'm, I'm, I've got facial expressions and I've got body. I mean, I'm in. I'm all in, man. Do you do the drumstick flips and all the cool? A stuff? little bit, yeah. But you know, I don't try to get stupid, flashy or something <laughs> like that. But man, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in. Nice. nice. <laughs> we'll have to come see you sometime. Yeah. But do you do you play a lot? I mean, are you in yeah. the band? Yeah. Uh, Mason Michaels is out of uh, Omaha and he's a country singer, so I play a lot with him. Uh, and then my wife and I actually have an acoustic duo, uh, Chad and Amy duo. Oh, cool name. <laughs> uh, uh, but we started doing that. And then we have another lead singer uh, from Des Moines, actually. And so with Mason, it's the same musicians. We just bring in Eric, a.k.a. Hank, uh, from Des Moines, and we have Backroad Spirits. Okay. So so it's Mason Michaels and the Backroad Spirits. So when we are hired for a thing. If they want a country show, then it's Mason Michaels and the Backroad Spirits. If they want a ACDC, ZZ Top, Led Zeppelin band, then it's the Backroad Spirits with Mason Michaels. You know, so we might feature that way. So it's That's really cool. cool. And and the guys are amazing. I'm I'm the dirty uncle in the group. I'm the oldest. <laughs> uh, I don't let them call me grandpa. I'm just dirty uncle. Yeah, we'll go uncle, yeah. Uh, and uh, Not they're quite all grandpa yet. plenty younger than me. Christian, he's, I, what's funny is Christian's lead guitar, he's 24, 3. I've been playing with him since he was 14 or 15. 15, I believe. Wow. And uh, when we were on the road, uh, and and doing stuff, so I actually took him out on the road, and we did stuff. And, and when he was because he was he's from O'Neill, great player. But and then uh, um, Ezra Brodison is from Wayne. He lives in Norfolk now, and he's actually one of the, I think one of the premier bass players in the state of Nebraska. Really, or around. He's just super super good, super fun. But we're all we, there's no drama. There's no I mean when we get together, it's a it's it's all about yeah playing a good show, but it's it's also about having a good time. Right. Like, well, not like getting stupid drunk. Well, or right. That, right. But it's like it's <laughs> like man, we just have a blast. We go golf. We go golfing. We go act. We come in town. We go, typically we'll go axe throwing. We'll go find the golf course. We'll bowl. I mean, we have a good time. Good. That's awesome to hear. Has uh has the downtown revitalization helped your business at all with mm. some of the new stuff coming in? Absolutely. I've been, you see, I've been in downtown since 96. Right. So, so you, you've seen I've multiple seen iterations oh, of downtown. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, so I remember the first meeting that really brought it back when the old boys, I call the old boys that got together. So we're yep. talking McNally and yep. Webb and those guys. They had a meeting in the Kensington, and it was like, hey, we it's time. We got to really focus on the downtown. And that was back when it was two lanes, traffic, mm-hmm. parallel parking, and like that. So I've been through all the stages. In fact, I used to be on the VPD board, I'm, you know, downtown Norfolk Association within that. I was president of the DNA. So I've seen that for over 26, seven years of this. And right. That. And this new downtown is phenomenal. It is It is so great to see. You think it's the best iteration of what we've had oh, since your yeah. time here? Absolutely. No question. No question. It's just the downtown has activity now all day. Till and and the and, and the businesses are all on the page now. They're not closing at five. You know there are some that are mom and pop that have to, but a lot of them are staying open later or on the weekends. Man, I, I remember being Norfolk a ghost town on Saturdays at right. two, 
we would be open till five. I'd go outside and look up and down. There'd be like four cars on Norfolk Avenue between mm-hmm. first and I. Now, man, you can't hardly find a parking spot. It's tough. And there's people walking, and, and it's a great problem. I love it. I mean, if you can't park downtown, man, I'm happy for you <laughs> because something's happening downtown. Right. So that's that's a great thing. So, yeah, so the downtown revitalization has been great. I'm not a, a building owner, so I'm not on the fin- you know, involved in like the facades of mm-hmm. the buildings, but it's as a business. Yeah. Everything that's been done and to make it look better and, and everything is t- to me phenomenal. Do you Just like good. having that entryway where you guys are at, where you got yes. Napoli's? And yeah. You and yeah. Uh, Popping delights now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Popping delights and Nap and Napo- Napoli's and Napoli's. However, everybody How says it different. Napoli's, yeah. yeah, yeah there, we're in the mirror. I, I, it's been great. Uh, it's been real cool to have that front foyer there. Um, it just looks good. It's yeah, the store's good. It's enclosed, and you know I'm surrounded by everything. So my heating bill is great. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it actually it's great. It's for as big as it is. I'm sure. Uh, but no, I, I really enjoy the location. It's it's definitely was a great move for us, and it's been great. Geary's have been great of 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 doing a good job of the downtown revitalization and other people, you know, mm-hmm. building owners and. It's talk, cool. And all the activity that we're seeing, concerts and... There's always activity down there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just the other day when I came to pick up those cables, it was like, well, I don't know, one forty-five, two o'clock, and I had to park around the corner down the street, yeah. so it, and that yep. was in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. So. What I love is that, when, like Wayne State comes over, or there's other schools that come in, they're actually coming down and doing scavenger hunts downtown, which means they'll, they'll, really? someone, they'll pick something from all these different businesses, and you need to go in and get a picture next to it or something like that. Well, they have... Businesses, the businesses to go to, right, and that are open, and they're choosing downtown as the location. They're not saying go to the mall and right. do this or go out to the park. And man, there's so, they say there's enough going on down there that we can keep these people busy for a few hours. Right. So. so my question is going to be on that: is so we're talking about downtown, and then you just brought up the mall. Is there a way at some point that you know it's, it always seems to either go mall downtown, mall downtown? Is there a way mm-hmm. we can make that all kind of cohesively mixed together that's uh you know in it, malls are typically it's the type of business in there and so you're going to see the what i call the b- big brand name you know it's not that mom and pops don't do so well in uh in the malls it's right. the it's the multi it's that big brand name if we can get that into downtown or that or even the other direction the mom and pops that can afford to be in the mall i mean mm-hmm. it's a it's, it's a different um uh, uh, expense for the mall because it's not only your space, but it's based off of your sales too. Right. So whereas the downtown, you're you're a, you're a business owner or even a building owner. Right. Um, so it'd be nice if you know the conglomerate even between the two. If it's bringing mom and pops in the into the mall, but it's also can that that big name come into downtown Norfolk? That'd be difficult, I think, and I don't yeah. know if I'd want that per se. Right. It's it's right. like okay, do you want Old Navy? In a store downtown, you know, so. you know, do you want, you know, if it, it, that type of stuff, you know, rolling into downtown, it's the niche that I like. If you go into Omaha and Lincoln and, and their outdoor mall stuff, <clears throat> a lot of those businesses aren't multi-state ones. They're, they're a, a multi, a less popular name that's in mm-hmm. that. And it's all about the atmosphere part right. of it. You're outside. Right. You're amongst the trees and the birds and you can go eat outside and hang out and then go into the store. So that's what's awesome about downtown is you've got that and it's it's just that that look now. It's 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 great. It looks really good. I've never really had it explained that way before. 
how you said bring the big into you know uh-huh. nobody's ever really said it quite like that and I didn't realize that the mall you're saying the mall rent would be based off sales too I didn't they realize take, that. Yeah, they take yeah. a cut they take a cut yeah so typically you have your space and most malls is <clears throat> your end of the month whatever your sales are then you have whatever percentage of that also goes on top to, of the rent on top of the rent yeah that is I don't know if that's, that's everywhere but I know a lot hmm. of places because we've looked into it I was like yeah. hey maybe we should be in the mall blah, blah. that was part of the deal it's like okay you got the space but then hey if you have a great sales month you actually they're going to get more that makes it know, difficult the, it and some malls difficult. may or may not be di- i mean they may if they don't if they don't have to right if they have mm-hmm. enough people that they're filled up they don't have to do that sometimes right. um some places they just have to do it but and i think the mall concept is a little less popular overall yeah. just overall it just it's kind of gone away people want used to be the thing when we were younger like yeah, yeah. when i was a kid let's go to the mall yep. like, I, i've never been to the mall america <laughs> when i was a kid i wanted to go I have zero to, I don't really care yeah. if I ever go. Yeah, like if, it just, if, if you are a mall now, you have to have amazing atmosphere, something yeah. great to keep it. They just don't want to go in and see a bunch of stores. Like they want you, like Mall Mary, you got a like amusement park or something yeah. like that. <clears throat> they want the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Which I still go to our mall, because, but I go to one store at a time. Like right. mm-hmm. I need to go to this store, so I'm going here today. Right. The, right. Uh, what was I going to say? Shoot, um, there's something about downtown. Oh, the busyness downtown. Did, have you seen with it going the way it has? Have you seen a dip in in traffic during the winter time? Or is there still quite a bit of traffic downtown? Oh man, I tell you, that's what's crazy, man. You would think on a day of a blizzard, you should probably stay home. And there are people that come out and shop. And they want to shop still, but we still close. But no, I think in the winter time, no, it's if the store's open, people are still getting out. If if the weather's least halfway that's mm-hmm. safe to get out like that um we don't you know no one's that crazy now and the blizzards i mean i although i've been down the store and people still knocked on the door and <laughs> blew it or called me but i'm like no man i'm home i'm like right you should be at home too <laughs> right. uh but no in the winter season we actually our season is strong and and we stay good in that that's good. I always wondered how that would kind of be down there. You, summertime, you see people walking all the time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how the wintertime would go with some of that. Obviously, less, you know, more getting out of your car and getting to the location Place you're like going that. To. So less within that. But uh, it's still, I'd say traffic is still strong downtown, it's no good. matter what. So you've been a big supporter of downtown concerts, right? Yes. Yeah, I am part of the events. Yep. So what has been your role in making sure those are get done? Um, I book, uh, am, am the person that I don't book say I'm the one that books, but I'm the one that does a lot of the research for finding the groups and say who, who should, who should recommend. And then we have another a crew of about six or seven of us then that go together and decide, okay, then let's, yeah, let's book this group and let's go like that. Our goal is to typically have a little bit of country and maybe a rock and roll, or then maybe like a, what we call a wedding party band, you know, something like that. And dueling pianos were fantastic last year. So then now it's kind of a staple that we're trying to make sure we have. And, um, but it's it's definitely family oriented, and each group has to be something where all ages are going to have a time. So we're 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 mentally thinking about a wedding dance. Right. You know, all ages are there. All ages have a good time. We're not going to have a DJ, but we're going to have a band that can handle entertaining all those groups. Were you involved with Momosa Fest too? Did you yeah. help? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got in on that probably about the second year. Uh, Andrew got a hold of me, and then so now I've booked. And line up most of the bands for the because you were the only kind of wanted to do the two stage thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got a, that's the other crazy business I do. I have, I have rollaway stage now. I had a stage built, 
and uh, that I rent out. It's called Rollaway Stage. And so I, yeah, I was like, hey, let's have two stages. And the most why is that, you know, when the, this band gets done on the US 92 stage, you know, it takes about 15 to a uh, half hour to get that band set. So rather they have no music, why not have some short music going on right. at, at the Midwest music stage? So we have groups that are perform for about 20, 30 minutes on there while we're getting the other stage set and then turn around the other direction. Then they play for an hour or 45 minutes. And then the other stage is getting a handful of, you know, a soloist or somebody set on that one. So yeah, it's been cool. And so it's constant live music from about, was it 10 AM to, 9 p.m. I think 8 and 9 p.m. Yeah, it was. It was. I enjoyed it this last year. So. Yeah, it's super fun. Great musicians in there. Mr. Hand killed it at the end of the day. It was mm -hmm. a great show. Very good band. And uh, but the all day, every everybody brought their A game that day. Both stages. It, it was good. It sounded really good. It was really hot that day though. Yeah, <laughs> the mimosas for some people were going down. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's good that Andrew stops that at ten, or whoever whoever decided to stop that at ten. Uh, is a good Jessica idea. from US Night Two was a big one on that. She was like, "We got to quit this over <laughs> within that." And but it's cool because it the street clears really fast, and everybody goes into the bars from there. Right. And Fifth Street Office Bar, Harbor District, they're all packed. You mm -hmm. know, right after that because people are still partying. Right. Exactly. Um, so you've started some, and we thought you mentioned this a little bit ago. But you've started some pretty cool classes mm -hmm. and things for kids. Um, the rock band camp is one that I know I, I yeah. had seen. Can you explain what your thought process was on that and, and how well sure. it's doing? So uh, we've been doing that for about sixteen years. Um, the concept sixteen, um, yeah, yeah, we've been doing about oh. sixteen years. Yeah, imagine I got guitar players, Nick I didn't Wee like that. Nick Weeman, lead guitar player, like back forty, and Mitch Benson and Paul Lux, and those guys are are. Uh, Ezra, all these guys who are avid guitar players now started at Rock Band Camp. That's really cool. Time. So the concept is, is we bring uh, the kids sign up and they come in and usually it's usually about twenty five to forty kids will come in, and then we separate them out into bands on day one. So each band gets guitar uh, drummers, and bass players, and keyboard and drums. So the the idea of the whole uh, week it starts on Monday and ends on Thursday night is how to form a band, how to rehearse in a band, how to put together music, how to get make a show happen and get it all done real quick. But it, it's leading them into, hey, you can do this at home. You can make a garage band or something like that. So our goal is we're, we're planting seeds, get more rock bands out there playing and stuff like that. Uh, so when they when they come in, then they're they're forming the band, they're getting the band name, they're you know, and then getting to know each other, and then pick, and then usually each year we have a theme on this on the year. It might be the '80s or '70s, or um, it might be you know you have to do at least one country song and this, or you have to take a song and make sure to turn it into your song. So we have something that's going on. Um, and that happens for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Thursday we have the big concert. So even part of the concert concept is the day of the concert, I roll in with the rig. They have to help unload the trailer. They got to help set stage. They got to help put the cables in their spot and they go rehearse and get ready for the show. They do the show. They can't leave until the trailers close. So they have to, and it's not dad, it's not mom or uncle helping carry stuff out. The kids 
all have to because they I want to give them the experience of this is what it's what like to do in a band. That's yeah. how you got to make it. You got yeah. you can't expect your you're your roadies to do everything all for you. Yep, yep. It's not rock star all the time. And then we feed them the same way, kind of backwards though, because we we start off day one with peanut butter and jelly and bologna, and and then day four we actually te- we give them a real nice meal. You know, a, a catered meal, which is usually the other direction. Usually you run out of money by the end of the week. Uh, so. But we do. It's, that was part of the concept of it. It's yeah. like we tell them that, like, this is what it's, you know you're going to eat. Not so well. So today we have mac and cheese, and uh, <laughs> that's a really so, cool concept. Though. That's actually it's, I've yeah. never heard that. That's actually really awesome to do stuff like that. You could do that. Yeah. Um, somebody could take that and do a business camp, an entrepreneurial they, camp, or something like they that. Do. Like, there's there's rock camp or there's rock. What do they call it? Academy of Rock in Omaha and Lincoln. It's yeah. actually a, it, it's based off of that. Huh. So that's kind of crazy. I just I never really thought about the whole like feed them feed them that way like because <laughs> we talk about it a lot with and we've got into it with you and you're an entrepreneur. You're you wear every hat. I mean, yeah. and you sacrifice and you work for free sometimes. Yep. And you do all this other yep. stuff. So yeah, and you eat your bologna, you eat your peanut butter and jelly, you eat your ramen noodles. You, you know your survive. typical college style, but like right. as an entrepreneur, you do the same thing. You make sacrifices. So but I think that's re- that's really awesome. That's it's so great. fun, and it's so fun to see it start from just a little nothing to the kids sound amazing, and then the parents love it. I'm sure they love it. We use use it someplace, and they're drinking beer and watching their kid on stage <laughs> and having a blast. I'm sure. Speaking of that, you want another one? Uh, uh, I'm good. I'm okay. Okay. I'm good in there. Um, I could have been offering you as I was grabbing them. <laughs> <but. laughs> do, do you I'm think they're? Are some great potential musicians in Norfolk then outside of the ones you've oh, already man. named? Yes. Uh, so that's what's really cool. So, okay, Norfolk's history of music is back in the past. I mean, we had a, a, an unlimited number of bands in Norfolk. We're talking 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, that, that world was would have been phenomenal to be in. And then, uh, so I always heard really good stories about the Riverside used to be Riverside just yep. killing it. Yep. And then Kings, Kings they Ballroom. have a really big, big yep. band there. Yep. Lots of places, and it was a vibe. There was in any given night there would be at, you know three, four, five bands performing at bars, and so it was. They'd always talk about how they would kind of stagger their starts because they wanted to go see the other so band at their break. Oh, so that's like awesome. they get out of their they'd take a break and they'd run to the other bar <laughs> to see the other band for a little bit and then go back and play. And the other band would get on their break and they'd come over and watch them a little bit. So that was a big thing way back in the day. And so now, like when I took over the store or back when I started the store, late nineties, early two thousand, the band, there were a lot of garage bands, you know, they were the abstract and these, the, I mean, punk bands and everything, there were a lot. And that started to really filter down. I don't know what, the thing, techno- I want to call it technology, maybe more gaming came involved and more internet, you know, that type of stuff just really hurt live music in the mm-hmm. sense of people, kids want to learn how to be in a band. So until probably right before COVID, late, like, uh, yeah, like late, early 2000, like 2010, 12, I mean, things started to kind of come back a little bit. And, and then we went into COVID now, right after COVID now in Norfolk, there's been a really cool vibe and fad of new bands. It's really happening. Uh, there are some great, you know, uh, kids and, and adults 
putting groups together or bands that are coming back together. Right. So like, like Mr. Hand's playing a little bit more and Spelling Tuesdays back to playing some more. I just went um, to Mr. Hand the other night. Yeah, yeah, I, no, I, that was. I drank my my fair share. <laughs> They've been one of my party. favorite bands for a long time. <laughs> but you're seeing a lot of other ones over there. I have a lot of the, my employees uh, that are putting things together and doing some great things through North End uh, in, in there. So uh, Tyler, my 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 man, uh, my, my little man down there, <laughs> he's going to laugh when he hears that. And so uh, he's he's really been a, doing a great job of getting groups together and his own group and like that. And uh, you're, you're really starting to see a lot more. Uh, and so we're, we're starting to bring back the five for five. I mean, we got activities of five bands for five bucks. Uh, that was a real big thing in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, uh, and that, then there's a gap because there weren't enough bands to put together right. around there. Now we have enough bands. Uh, we, we got Frippery and Neon Lights and Bean Rat and, and um, Jam Witch and you know, all these bands that are willing to go out and do five for fives and Spelling Tuesday. And we have quite a few. So it's really come back in a big way. That's it's, awesome. it's really cool. And they're real passionate. Not only about, I mean, playing cover songs, but they're all passionate about originals. They're writing their own music. Are they? That's yes. good. That's, that's yeah. what I was going to ask too. Is if yeah. they're doing that. And there's some really good stuff happening, uh, and it's it's good to hear that stuff. They're because they're being creative, right. you know, and it's not trying to learn a song. They're they're putting one together, putting so, one together, yeah. and they're good. They're good. Do you think some of that drop off was cost of entry too? At some point, did did good did yeah. the cost of getting the equipment? Maybe go up to well, a point where it was too well, much. Well, let's take, let's say maybe less dads pay because there's always dad buying equipment, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so you got to point that direction. Um, I don't want to say that. I, I think it's just the instant gravitation, the people not wanting to learn guitar. You don't see, that's been, that's probably a big thing we see right now. It's like you don't see many Eddie Van Halen's coming out now right. or, or Steve Eyes and that. I think it's, it's a good. different world, you know. Yeah. yeah. The guitar thing, I see it picking back up. I see mm-hmm. more. You see it on 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 social media and stuff. A little more, you know, your your um, viral type stuff. People yep. trying to learn the guitar. Yep. Um, you see a resurg. I've seen a lot of more resurgence in the piano. It seems like, um, but there was a while there. Yeah, you didn't you didn't really see any of that stuff. And yeah. It was. It was the the late two thousands to, you know, thirteen, twelve, eleven, thirteen. That's yep. kind of when I yep. was thinking that like, yeah, there was no. That's There's exactly. no bands. The that bands the weren't downfall. cool. It definitely went down in yeah. a way. 2014, 15, <laughs> definitely in there because it went from several garage bands to none. Like I right. just just none. They just like those kids graduated, went off to college, and that was it. That was it. Yeah, it was just gone. You know? What uh, what is what would be the cost of entry? Let's say it, there's a, a band that doesn't have any equipment, mm-hmm. and they they have their instruments but no. Amps, no sound equipment, no nothing. What, what would that kind of run? Well, if, well, if we're talking like somebody, if if they let's say you got a you got the guitar player as a guitar and their amp, you know, so a guitar player is going to spend like two to four hundred bucks on the electric guitar and about could be about the same much on the elect on the amp, you know. Drummer is going to spend five hundred to a thousand bucks on that, you know, that portion in there. Now, if you're talking about, you know, that's that world, but then. We want to make a band. Well, we got to have a couple speakers. We got to have mics. We have cables. We got to have monitors. We got to better have a couple lights. You know, that's a couple, probably a couple grand yeah. starting. You know, in there. I mean, I've got about thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff. Right. I mean, right. you know, rolling through. But if Dad's jumping in and saying, "Hey, all right, let's get my kids," and I'm willing to buy within there, 
they can actually get quite a bit with a couple grand. You know, can they? They, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of it nowadays is smaller but mightier, and it's not about the real big bulky speaker in there. A lot of it's a smaller speaker with a lot of nuts behind it. Right. So, um, but I would say yeah, a couple, couple, three grand, and and you'd have what you need to be able to go into the bar and play Just a show. Play. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. There's, there, yeah, there's, there's more cost to entry to other things that kids are doing nowadays. Oh, yeah. We talk about, you know, PCs and things, and yeah. those are, you know, anywhere or from... If you wanna, or if you want to play soccer, and the shoes well, yeah, and soccer, the baseball. and baseball. Yeah, all this stuff. And then mom and dad, you know, going to the tournaments and all the hotel rooms. And, yeah, that stuff ain't cheap no more. I can't believe in that. But music, is it's it's still affordable. Right. And there's still a lot of used gear out there. A lot of that stuff still works great, you know. You don't get a lot of used cleats and used football mm-hmm. shoes and stuff like that, but you can go get a used speaker and yeah. used guitar and right. stay after it. Were they, back to, to COVID, were the were people trying to get a bunch out of some of the instruments at some point? Like, were they really hiking the prices on used, on used stuff? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, because, and that was probably based off of availability to supply and demand. Yeah. That was a big, big thing. Like, uh, like a digital, for instance, like a little digital mixer that I used to be able to get was like four or five hundred dollar piece and that was like nine hundred dollars and it was wow. used and the reason why is they had it and you didn't it was supply and demand right but you needed it you know so so yeah there was some of that going on uh and then the other side was the new stuff just cost them more to make and 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 to uh to buy it <laughs> do you mind taking a quick break mm-hmm. okay all right we're back and you you guys know me about an hour in i gotta Go to the bathroom. It's, um, it's a musician thing too. I mean, we take breaks. We do a show. We usually play for about an hour, and then it's, you know, it's time. Man, I gotta get off. I gotta I go usually got to stand up <laughs> yeah. or do something. Um, so, tell us a little more that you maybe already haven't about Midwest music. What you can offer, or any other programs that you haven't talked about already um, that may not be well known. Well, we like so going back to. What you don't see as you come into the store, like say our installation work, is we we do that in in the sense like of what we can do there though is we're not just putting in a speaker in a church or new microphone. We are knowledge on uh, live streaming. You know what it takes to get that going in there and knowing the details and PTZ cameras and so we're not doing security cameras. We're doing cameras for churches and schools or something like that or like different views. Um, and setting that up. So that's that's a big thing that we're doing there. Um, uh, the um, the rentals, we, like Zane, you don't see a lot of the band instruments around the store because that's going out within and lessons. And I'm trying to think of all the little stuff we do. But we do, like I said, we do a lot, you know, within that. Um, not a lot of, like, any more hidden stuff, I would say, that we do or don't do, you know, within there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's, that's kind of it. Is there any other businesses that you and your wife do they have in town? You said mentioned yeah. something like that before the podcast. I didn't know. Before. Right. Yeah. So like with Barnhill Piano Service, again, I've been tuning pianos, and uh, and then the the Premier Batons was is a crazy, silly business that I never thought that would happen. And right. And, and I kind of uh, cut you off on that one because I wanted yeah. to go back to your past. We can talk a little more yeah. about the Batons. If okay. You want. Um, yeah. So I think I had asked if they were custom made, and you said not anymore. They are custom. Yeah, they, they are, are custom. Yes. Yep. They are. Uh, they're still handmade, 100% American-made product. So it, it is cut on a, the handles are cut on a lathe, uh, and the fiberglass wands that we use, which is really funny, is uh, if you're a fisherman out there, uh, Shakespeare is a uh, for fishing rods. When you buy a fishing pole and fishing rods, yep. 
they actually make our wands. It's a solid fiberglass tapered wand, <laughs> and they actually make so Shakespeare shuts down their well, let's say shut the factory, but they actually make the wand, and so we buy them from them. So it's really cool that it comes out of a factory here, and uh, and then each one are individually balanced, which means that the weight as you hold it in your hand, so you have the handle you're holding, and then you have the wand out in front. If you were to let go of it, it should float on your finger. So there should be the same amount of weight to the front as there is behind your hand. So that's something that each one of them are individually balanced and wow. weighted because the density of each wood is just a little bit different. So like we use walnut and bacote and zebra wood and maple and cherry, things like that. So as they're made in the different shapes, we um, they have different weights. And so you, each one is custom made and like that. So... So yeah, so it's really. Uh, um, You're good. You're good. <laughs> God, that one snuck away. Uh, beep that one out. Uh, so uh, no, so this we don't edit here. Dude, pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it's a it's a really interesting interesting story how it happened how this business came. So what it was is my dad used to work for a company in uh, Warner, Nebraska, and they made batons. And this shop was a factory was set up to where the, it was farm. It was farmers that worked there. So the farmers would go do their chores in the morning, go to the factory, make batons and ligatures and cases and stuff, and then go do their chores at night. Okay. So that was real common that these just milk farmers were working this place. So my dad worked in there in the, the company. And then that uh, company went out of business. Um, and, uh, uh, Harrison Hertz is, I'll say their name. They're out of business. Uh, Harrison Hertz was there, uh, at the company. And so when they went out of business, I was working at the music store and we had a, uh, band instruments company salesman that would come, our traveling salesman that would come to the store. So Jim Schlapichka was his name. Uh, and, uh, his rest in peace. He's, he's, he's since passed away, but Jim came to the store and said, Chad, didn't your dad work for Harrison Hertz and, and make batons? Yeah, I said, yeah. And he says, you know, I travel store to store to store, and their displays are all getting to nothing, and they have no, they don't have anybody custom making. Can your dad do this? He used to work. I was like, no, well, let me call him. My dad was on vacation in Florida with my mom, and called him up and said, hey, do you think we could, uh, you could do this? And he was like, yeah, I could turn the wash house. We have this little wash, we call it the wash house on the farm. It's like a 16 by 16 foot by 12 foot building that was just, I don't know, it was a wash house. I don't know, it was where we stored stuff. It's like, I could clear that out and we could put some stuff in there. And the next thing you know, within a couple of months, he was making, making, so we had the batons. So Jim said, here's the deal. You, you formed a business, your dad do it. So he had KB batons and then we performed premier batons. And I was with Eric Jones at this point. Eric Jones was um, Larry, the owner of the music store's son. So we went 50-50 partnership, made the business, did the whole thing, made an LLC, did the whole thing, went to the banker, had to get a bank loan. You, we went to go, go to a farmer bank in this town and say, hey, we got this idea. <laughs> and you know what? They said they were out there. They were like, you two young entrepreneurs said, you put together a business plan and we'll talk about it. And we did. We put together a business plan. And I can't tell you, if anybody's out there looking to, to make a business, look up how to put a business plan together. Get the dot. Yeah. Dot your dot your T's and cross your I's, get all that stuff, go to the banker and they might just give you a loan. They gave us a loan and uh, we formed a business, got the product on that. So here, so Jim said, if you go to the Texas Bandmasters Association in San Antonio, Texas, and go to that music conference, okay, this is where the, it's one of the biggest ones that you have in the, in the, in the nation. 
that's going to tell you if you have a business, you know, if you go down there and you're successful, you've got something. So we did. So we made, we made, I think it was like 200 batons that my dad made. We drove my wife, Eric and I drove in my Jeep Cherokee, not a grand Jeep, <laughs> Jeep Cherokee, which overheated on the North side of Texas, drove to San Antonio. And then we, when we got the booth, we were like late to, to the conference. So they put us back in the corner. Like we were stuck way back in there. So we're next to these all these other people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're all you know. This is kind of working back in here. You get a little bit of traffic, and so and that." So we set up, and uh, about two hours into it, the word got out: "There's a baton manufacturer here. There's a baton." And we were our booth was literally there was a row of people in front of the there. There was a row of people waiting to get in, and a row. Behind. We had three layers of people Holy waiting to get our stuff. We were like, "What the heck do we got? We got gold, right?" And we, yeah, our, everybody around us loved us because we brought people in. But that we sold out uh, at the convention, plus picked up three music stores, a Japanese distributor. And uh, another one, like overseas, we like it was it was we knew we had a product, wow. so we we kicked it off from there. And uh, so then, uh, um, and then we just built the business, selling. They figured out okay, we had to price the product that we could sell at retail, but then we want to be able to sell it to a music store, and we want to make money, so and they can make money. But then we also had to price it so that we could sell to a distributor who's going to sell to music stores. So right. where can we still be profitable all the way in? So we did a good job of starting our business that way. So I can, I'm profitable in all directions, but a distributor, obviously they're not buying one, they're buying 500 or a thousand, yeah, right. um, a music store typically buying 24 or 50 or, you know, maybe a hundred. Um, and then we are connected up to universities all over the United States. I mean, like, like everywhere from New York to Texas to California, Florida, every major university I've probably had my hands in selling batons to uh, directly. So, uh, so yeah, so that was kind of the world of, of that. And we, and, um, have so, and, and still it's, it's still a solid, solid business. So Is that your most profitable business? Um, no, I mean, I would say I was in there. It's, and it's at its slowest point right now and that's due to just in the stage of where we're at in manufacturing because my my dad had to eventually he got frail enough right. like that and passed away ty who was a phenomenal ty anderson phenomenal worker figure it out maker and like that but then he had, uh, moved on to to kansas so my brother was helping out daryl and now we're at a point where it, what's really cool is happening is my best friend from, from high school, Z-Man, Z-Man, love you, man. Uh, Jason Zavlonic is what I would call him. No one's going to say Zavlonic. <laughs> I'm one of the few people that can say it right. Uh, so uh, he's actually going to start making them. He's a construction guy within there, which is really cool is the fact that he lives one mile away from the old Harrison Hertz factory. So this all within the last 26 years or coming like that has come full circle that it's going to be made within a mile of where it used to be wow. made back in the day. That's really cool. So it's pretty cool. So, so when you say custom made and everything, ever I'm assuming every baton is made differently. Like it just and it's whoever um, makes it is how you're No, we we still have we have two shape. We have what's called Takata shape, which is kind of like a light bulb kind of looking shape. Uh, and then we have what's called scherzo and it's kind of a tapered straight back. So we still have just two shapes and they're actually on a on a duplicator lathe. So they're pretty identical yeah. as much as possible in the shape. Just but the materials. The materials different. different. Yeah. You kinda that was like your dad would just decide, I think this looks cool or he'd yeah, pick back stuff in the out day individually. Yeah. yeah, back in the day that was kind of what we were doing. We we're always using different woods. Now we got 
you know, just as a business plan like that, we're now narrowed down to just certain woods. Um, and so, people order them that way or yes. they take a yep. um, smorgasbord of them? No. The, uh, typically one-on-one, they'll order a specific one. They'll say, I want a 14-inch Dakota in, in Purple Heart. You know, oh, that's so that's right. within that. So some music stores, they'll call up and they'll give me a PO that has exactly what they want. Other music stores just say, hey, I want 24 variety, four, 12, 14, 16 inch. They're 12 inches, 14 inch, and 16 inch. So those give me a variety and say, hey, send it. So like a couple of weeks ago, I sent 50 to uh, Kansas uh, uh, to a store there. And a few weeks ago, I sent 24 up to North Dakota to a store up there. And those probably last quite a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. The fiberglass one is... You could literally smack, like, because that's the biggest thing is band directors breaking their batons. They're, like, getting pissed off their kids, and they're just smacking this and hit the, the music stand. stand. Yeah. And that was always when, when we went to conventions, um, and we would be there. I would take the wand, and I have a music stand out there, and I would sit there and just pack, 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 <laughs> pack, but just hit it over and over, in the band, and that would draw, like, man, I do that with mine, and it's going to shatter. And I just pack. And I just, or I'll bend it. You know, it's it's fiberglass, so it's bendables. So I'll get a real long one. I'll just mm-hmm. bend it down, and they're like, "Why isn't that breaking?" <laughs> and uh, well, I don't do that on a twelve-inch one, but, <laughs> right, 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 right. but uh, that drip, that's within. So it's a very high-density fiberglass one, um, solid wood. You know, balanced. It's it's a cool product. It's in a, it's very it's a it's a niche market. Uh, there's only a handful of other baton makers in the United States and in the, actually literally in the world, there's not that many. And that's why it can sell worldwide. That's awesome. Huh. Very passionate about that one too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah. I, I, I love it. And, we, and it's going to just get better. It's, it's, I would say it's at its slowest point right now, knowing that I'm, it's going to ramp, ramp right back, back up. up. Yeah. And it's all because of just, I'm being careful. Um, I can't make them as fast, or my supplier of that can't make them as fast as they used to. But we're getting ready to do that, so we're at the point now we're going to get it back up to where, hey, if I if I need five hundred, can you do it? And uh, it's yes, I can make it happen. Great, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad I'm glad things are going well for you. You're a really good dude. Andrew was the one that I was going to. I had you on the <laughs> list <laughs> anyway, but Andrew had really pushed to yeah uh, to reach out to you. So Carthy, yeah. yeah, Andrew is a good guy. I'm on his speed dial. Yeah, 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 for sure. You, you probably helped with the setting up all the. Yeah, he, he's always coming like comedy shows. I'm helping him, you know, making sure everything's set up and everything like that. And then anytime he has a festival or something going on, he's calling me. Uh, he just called me yesterday. He's got something going on this summer, and he's like, "Hey, can you find me a band?" You know, I'm, I'm. We talk pretty regular through the week, so that's good. He's a good man. He's a good guy. He is. Is there anything else about you or about any of your businesses that I may have missed that you want to get out there to the world? You know, I know. I mean, yeah, you've done a good job of, of what I want to do. Like I say the new thing with me now is the rollaway stage. Yep. Uh, that was probably a, a thing that we I got a lot of calls for in the last several years of, hey, man, do you, who do you know that has a stage? You know, and it's not like I, I can do it. It's, it's not for a big concert it's like mm-hmm. all these people having street dances and they're bringing in a semi-trailer as yeah. a band we're cool with the semi-trailer we'll survive on it man it's a bear to get <clears> up and off at it and it's always you know if they don't have any weight on it it's actually curved you know yeah. it's not flat and it's not very wide so i um work with uh, eric from all star Tra- trailer and uh been, been talking to him for several months and we we went through several different designs and uh and finally came up with a cool one so we got a, it's a 20 uh 24 by 8 foot stage so 20 foot floor long single axle so literally 
it's aluminum, so I literally can move it by hand. Really? So it's really cool. Is that I could get to close to positions. So I wanted something that can do that because that was the other thing is you'd come in and they have to bring the skid loader or they have to bring the semi and get the stage exactly where you want or bring the skid loader in to get the, it was just a bear. I wanted something that one person or two people could just move it into a spot. Right. So it moves into a spot. And then it's got an eight by eight extension off the center backs for like the drummer. So mm-hmm. like, so, so you're it, not eight foot wide. You can actually right. be 16 it's actually feet 16. wide. 16. Yeah. So okay. I got an eight by eight middle section. So the drummer, that section is 16 feet then from front to back, or you can turn it the other way and make that a catwalk. If you want to go that direction yeah. and the lead singer can be out there and everybody else is back. Um, and then it's got a canopy. It's like shade. You're like, well, a nice thing for bands is shade. Right. Like, we, like it gets set when you're setting up at four in the afternoon on a July day. Gets hot. It sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got it's got a canopy that can go up, and it sets up and tears down super fast. I can set it up in 45 minutes and tear it down in 35. Wow. So it's uh, that's what it's done. So we have rollaway stage. Anybody need a stage out there? What, what are you call? What are you charging for that? Does uh, it anywhere depend from on the 250 event? bucks to 500 dollars. Yeah, That's actually, yeah, yeah. So usually about five hundred bucks for a day, and then if you need it for a couple, then it's like five hundred bucks for the first day and two fifty for the days after, because it's there already. Um, or if you're doing more of the work where we're not setting it up, we bring the price down a little bit. Yeah, I, I wanted to keep it affordable, um, and uh, and set within there. So we're basically about two hundred fifty to five hundred bucks. To rent. Are you renting that out quite a bit? Yeah, yeah. This last summer it was used a lot, and I'm, I'm already now probably over half of all the weekends between June and. September or it's going out somewhere. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So and I, I'm hoping to try to get all the weekends. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to do a little research. I, I mean, I knew kind of your background, so it wasn't too mm-hmm. hard for me to come up with questions. But sure. I just want to make sure I kind of touched on everything. I didn't miss nothing or. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's uh, within there. I do live music thing is I, I love playing. Like I said the thing with Mason right now is, is super exciting. Mason's great. And uh, the band and like that. And, and he's got original music out there and he's just getting ready to release uh 13 new original songs so we talked about hey do we do does he do an album mm-hmm. or let's when we're not going to do that he's, he's going to do it a little at a time to kind of lengthen it out like that so we have a lot of new music going out with him and like that so um enjoy playing those those guys super fun playing do you guys play in norfolk much yeah so uh, we've done some of the the outdoor shows last summer we did one of the concert series downtown we did play a lot at district table tap and the harbor and and uh, maybe some of the clubs here in town. actually el dorado hills we like we love playing out there um and then a lot of shows we were doing is county fairs big shows for the summer like that we did the wayne county fair last couple of years and this summer we're what the sarpy county fair the lancaster super fair the uh, we'll be doing the Hoskins Q125. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of like bigger. You're a busy bigger. dude. <laughs> How do you, you know get all that done? Dude, sleep is boring. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to figure that out. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, like I said, I keep adding more and more stuff. So mm-hmm. I get it. I'm mm-hmm. getting there too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I pretty, yeah, it's good. Good music. Everything I do is 100% music. Um, time I wake up and time I do go to bed. I'm fortunate enough for that I do. I'm, I'm involved. Everything I do is it, it's music, man. It's just if I can sell it, make it. That's really know, cool to you know fix so it with your love for that that you were able to basically gear your whole life, make money yeah. around that subject. Yep, it's it's and you have to in the music world. You definitely if you want to put a good a decent roof over your head, have a decent vehicle, and like that, you got to do a lot. Yeah. And uh, so you, you get into the service world. You got to figure out how to sell it, figure out how to teach it. You know if you can do it all. You can you can make some good money. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's good money. 
So <clears throat> just by listening to you here so, as long as we've been going, um, I think you were going to get this handled even if you hadn't gone to college and done <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. a music business and everything. Yeah. Right? Do you yeah. think, I, I mean, do yeah. you see that? Yeah. Has, yeah. has your degree done a lot for you? Do you think Good other than question. making the, I would say it helps with the the getting into it the, because yeah. you obviously got introduced by your professor that started you down this path. But right. I think you would have found that the way it sounds, the way you, you just have that spirit about you, you were going to find it out, figure right. it out no matter what. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, you shouldn't, you know, it's, but man, when you are after it or doing college or stuff like that, you find the passion. Just don't do it. Just don't go through the motions. You're targeted. You're, you know? At least your schooling was targeted. Yeah. So you were definitely targeted on what you were going to do as we opposed just, to. Yeah, we yeah. talk a lot on this podcast where people are going out and getting degrees that aren't necessarily needed for them in, right. in what they, you know, obviously college is a, is a good thing for certain things, but mm-hmm. do, he's what he's saying is, do you think you could have been in the same spot with maybe not doing that? I would say, yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, that passion that I have and the work ethic, if you can figure out a, a strong work ethic and figure out there's you, you don't have to have a teacher in front of you and, and teaching you it. You can go find that answer now with the new world as is. Now, at the beginning of my college, man, that was just when internet was coming out, man. Yeah, right. So it was a little bit different time back then. We had square tires. College also wasn't 35,000 or whatever. Right. Year, I mean, whatever yeah. It is. yeah, it's it was different within there. It's it's frustrating in the sense on that is. I tell uh, my employees and I tell the kids, young kids like that, you got to remember that uh, you're, what is, um, the instructor, you think they're so much in trouble. They're, they're teaching you, but you're paying them. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like you buying something. You're you're paying them. So make sure you're getting everything from them like that. So you're right. a little bit more in charge than what you think. Uh, but, like I said, if, if you have a passion, you have a drive, you, you don't 100% have to be into that college class, you know, within that. Um, I look at it now as like you're 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 looking at twenty five to twenty five on the cheap end, twenty twenty five thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. What if a guy? What if a? What if we as a as a nation as a people started saying, "Hey, let's give a hundred thousand dollar business loan to somebody." If you come yeah. up with a good business plan, you know, not everybody's an entrepreneur. We kind of talk about that a lot. Mm. They don't have. They don't have. They can't be an entrepreneur. Not right. everybody can be right. an entrepreneur. It takes a certain breed. Well, but I think that could get you down the road. You could buy yourself $100,000. You could be a, you could go be a welder or something yeah. or a construction guy, buy tools, buy... Yep. I mean, and you can right. learn a lot You'd be stuff. a lot more in there. That's, my wife's a teacher. And I imagine if you had, like, the student teaching years. You know, that student teacher goes into the classroom. Guess who the, the student is still paying the college yeah. Why isn't that teacher getting that money? Right. You know, yeah. it's like that, t- that I'd rather be underneath the umbrella or underneath the wings of that teacher and learning off of that than, than the, the, the classroom teacher right. who's not in the classroom. Right. Know? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's my little two cent in yeah. there. I mean, there's still a need, you know, for the college, yada, yada. but I get what you guys are saying. Like there's still a, a flip around way that could mm-hmm. be a, could be better. Yeah, we're, we're big be into better. the trade schools, and obviously, we know that, that college is necessary for certain jobs. Right. I like to say the STEM field basically is yeah, yeah. It's, it's needed, and teachers are needed it, too. As right. long, as long as they're passionate and you know are teaching teaching the right stuff, the right mm-hmm. stuff. 
So yes, yeah, and there are fantastic teachers. There is. I, I completely agree with that. Um, we're we're gonna move on. So if there's mm-hmm. nothing else that you feel you want to get out about no, yourself, no, we're good. gonna get a little political. I'm I'm cool. Okay, game on. Um, <laughs> with an election year coming up, how do you feel about where the state of our country is right now, mm-hmm. and do you feel that we are being well represented at the federal and state levels? Oh man, um, no, um, no. <laughs> That's a common thing, okay. by the way. It's no. usually a no-no. Uh, I mean, when you're friends with political people too, it's just like God damn. But no, because uh, I've been through this, man. I mean, I've I've seen, and it scares me because I've been through. Like I talked about in 2000, this, this stuff is lining up like in 2009, 10, 11. My business, man. I should I should be I shouldn't be here. Right. My my banker. But I had to tell man, I needed help, and he was like, "Man, you should close your doors." And I literally told him to screw up. I mean, I mean, and you can swear if you want to. I told him to fuck off, and so, <laughs> um, and uh, and they, uh, they 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 kept me going. And think I, I do think, but on the political side, I'm telling you, that's why I suffered. And if things are going, you know, here we are in this crazy months ahead of us, and going into this year ahead of us, is that going to hurt again? You know, and it's out of my control. Are, I did are, nothing different. Are you, you know? suffering more now than you were three years ago? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's the truth, yeah. people. I mean, just as a businessman, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know all the exact answers of, but that there are answers of like this is why. Right. And it's and it's tough. It's tough. Do you feel that the the systems that are in place still work in today's time? And what I mean is the the two party system. Um. Oh, sorry. I just, that was my headphones. Sorry, that was me banging this thing. Saying, yeah, um, that's yeah. that's a meme right there. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do I? Yeah, to answer that, to say, I, I just wish we were. Amer- I wish. I, yeah, I, I wish we were just all American. Yeah. I just wish. I'm tired of the D and the R side. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm tired of every and then making other sides. I just wish we all could make a decision off of what's right. I mean, and right. what's wrong? I mean, we, I, I don't understand Values, why there has morals. to be a, another side. To, if I don't care which side it is, the D, Democrat side or Republican side, whatever it is, whatever side it is, I'm just frustrated that if some, if that side has the right answer, the other side's object, they have to disagree. Right. Yeah. I'm tired of that. I just think it, it, if it's the right idea, we then we go. Can we know? get back to a point where there's truths and faults, falses? Right. 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 Like. And agree on what is actually true. Like a universal truth mm-hmm. should never be questioned. Like, and that just frustrating at times. Yeah. And Vance brings up a lot of the time we talk about the uniparty where they're all, I mean, all those guys, the, even on the D or the R side, they're all friends. Mm-hmm. They all live in the same city. Their kids go to school together. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're making deals behind closed doors. Right. You right. Know? So it's, it's really, there really is no two sides. They're all on the same side. They're just, you know, you vote for my thing, I'll vote for your thing, and we'll all be. They'll all be happy. The rest of us are going to suffer. Yeah, I know guys. We get left holding the bill. I go guys who, you know, their first time in being a political of that side is, and they're green, they're walking in, and I knew they're, and they came back after the first day, wanted out because they literally got their butts chewed because they spoke to someone on the other side. Yeah. That's just, they were just human for, like, well, they were new. They didn't know they shouldn't. Well, they quote unquote shouldn't. Why, Why don't you? But they spoke to someone and they got pulled aside and got, Ringed because they spoke to someone on the other side. Why is that, is that on the wrong? state level or was that on the federal level? Uh, state. Mm. That makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we're, yeah, because on the federal level, they all, they all 
Yeah. They can talk to each other all the time. They're yeah. fine. State no, level, I can no, see no. that where that could be a, that could, that could happen. And that's raw. I'm just like, God, I mean, I mean, all they just had was a conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I always talk about compromise. Fans always think so. So we're both Republican. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I always say that we need to, there needs to be compromise on both sides, but he thinks if we keep compromising, it's, it's too far. Right. Um, and we've already I gone see too the far. The compromise so. needs to happen both ways. That's kind of my only point. Yeah. It's like you, you just why don't want to see us keep, go too far. Is what it is. I keep becoming more and more left. Like I keep moving to the left or the Overton window keeps sure. moving left. Like let's keep the middle in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And then we can fight on the edges or whatever. But why are we keep moving? And I don't want the I don't want the window. I wanted to get back to the middle. It'd right. be ha- I'd be happy with that, but I wouldn't say no. The Overton window needs to keep coming right. It needs to keep coming right because right. I don't want that. Right. right. Because I think a good push pull is healthy, and I've always felt yeah. that way. Like yeah, Zach and I will have arguments all the time <laughs> about it, everything. And yeah. We'll sit and have a beer and argue, and then and we're fine the next. We're day. over, <laughs> but you're both yeah. still trying to figure it out. Like, yeah, that's the right way. Like to figure we just want to have a. It's just a conversation. It's never bad. It's just like we're trying to find the answer. And it's it's and in today's world too, like like me as a business owner, I be. I mean, I, I can't say I can't go on and doing a rant on social media on something on my political side. It could kill my business mm-hmm. just because I you have a point of view. You I should, should be able, be able, able to. to. It's I, and exactly. that's frustrating. That's what I don't. exactly. It's like that. I don't. You shouldn't hate me it's just not you know but i'm not going on the crazy side or like that but i do know that there are examples on examples on examples on examples on examples and came on of that happening and that business is gone yeah you know someone did which is ridiculous yeah yeah in my opinion that kind of brings up something i've said a lot i think the worst thing social media has ever done and i've always felt this way since day one of because I was right at the beginning of Facebook. I was at, at freshman in college, and you could only get it in college early on. Oh yeah. And then my mm. I think my sophomore year it got moved into high schools, and then moved into public after a couple yep. years after that or whatever. So I kind of went through that whole that whole uh, deal. My first fa- yeah my first Facebook account was actually unl.edu was my <laughs> was on my first email on it. Uh, but that's that's a whole nother deal. But I've always <laughs> said the worst thing face or uh, Facebook social media has ever done was it gave a voice to the it gave an unchecked voice to people that probably shouldn't have an unchecked voice. Yeah, because they have ill intentions or they're not educated on something and they just assume that that like my voice needs to get out there. And then those are the ones where you find the the uneducated voice. And when I say uneducated, there's not versed in what they're talking about. And, and they're wrong. They're right. not speaking the truth. And then, or like you said, somebody is going to have a, a rant. And rants are fine. It's our First Amendment. You're allowed to say whatever you want. But somebody's going to come with ill intentions and create a, a, a storm of just negative energy towards mm-hmm. you to try to cancel you, quote unquote, yeah. attack you type of stuff like that. Yeah, or and the other side too is the extreme of of social media is if you have that most that popular person and just based off of their popularity, if that's the way they their point of view is, yeah, then their fans, their people are going that way just based off of mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, yeah, no not whether, it doesn't matter what they say because they're pop. If they say that, that's the way I'm going to yeah. vote, or that's the way I'm going to do. And it's not about what they personally mm-hmm. think or what's going to be good for them personally yeah. and going back to affecting businesses that's half the reason why we didn't start this podcast or the other podcast that we have as quickly as we did because we're kind of afraid about that yeah 
Sure. But then I was finally like, you know what? I, at some point, I you can't you can't live life being scared. And right. I think it's important to get. I like this podcast that you're on. It gets light to the people of Northeast Nebraska. Right. Or the ones a little more rough. You know, it's a little, <laughs> it's a, it's a little more fun. You know, political news right. based. But th- this one I think is is the one that you're on. I'm glad you came on. Um, I think it's important. Well, again, as the example, let me, t- let me give the example back in the day when it was. Mm-hmm. It was the Obama stuff. I'm not whether it was. And I vote. I'm sorry. I was. I voted for Obama. Yeah, you can say I thought, what you want. Okay, yeah. but I thought it was amazing. Problem is, the end of his term killed me. It right. hurt me badly. When you, I mean, here's the example: is it that was at that stage, whatever year it was, was when the government shut down. All the tax returns were late. So, in other words, so what happened in our business is all the schools and everything didn't have any money that could be brought to them, so they had to put their hands in their pocket. Then in January, when everybody did tax returns, tax returns, and then through April, tax returns didn't happen. You didn't get returns till like August that next year. Guess what? The general public's hands went into their pop pockets. So, for example, we would do sound installations. So every month I'm doing one, two, or three of them. The job might be a $1,000 job. It might be a $30,000 job, mm-hmm. okay? From October, November, December, January, February, March, April, we finally did one in May. Zero installs. Zero, not one from October, November, December, January, February, March, April. So think of that cash flow up to, let's say, on right. an average of $20,000 a month right. for that many months. Gone. <laughs> Snap of a finger. Everything up to October was absolutely fine. And then the... The election stuff and all the government shut down and and then elections and like everything and it just about put me out of business. I mean, literally should have. But the only thing that saved me was the bank. Yeah. And then Which we is, had to, that should never happen. Yeah, I know because we were doing really well. Right. We were doing really well up to that, and it was out of my hands. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, killed. Hopefully, I, I'm I I worry daily, and I I, I pray. Daily, basically, like we can't go through that shit again. No, and I almost feel like it's gonna happen. We're but close. I don't know. We're close. We're, we're right on that bubble. I mean, we survived COVID. I mean, COVID was a thing, but then, but then the government gave money. You know, there was some money tossed back to mm-hmm. help there. Yeah, and in that, but when the when there's no help, when we, <clears> when we, if, if it gets to the point to like when there, there's no help, everybody just stops spending, and the government stops giving. Yep. We're hurting, and it's going to hurt really bad. You're not wrong. Anything else on the politics side you want to get out of your <laughs> off your chest? Oh, man, I tell you. <laughs> you is, this like, is this like confession? It can't be. <laughs> no. no, man, no. I, mean, no, I, I got I, plenty more bush lights yeah, over here. If you want I got to plenty of bush lights. <laughs> yeah, man. No, no, no. no. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm always been and will always be uh, on the safe side of, of political side. I don't bring in politics to... Conversations when I have people like that, it, that's not fun. I mean, mm-hmm. in this type of situation, yeah. great, it's fun, you know, it's within there. But if a customer comes in, starts to be political and stuff like that, I, I, I don't take a side, you know. You deflect. I yeah, do the same deflect. thing. You got to, and that, and that's, and it's just comfortable, and you're out and about. But when you're in something like this and comfortable, yeah, yeah, yeah let's chat. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> good, to chat a little bit. We're not, we're not gonna, get, you know, we're not gonna make you say anything you don't want to say. So. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's all good. No, no, it's good. Yeah. Um, very good. Where, where do you see yourself 
going in the future? Are you enjoying where you are? Do you see yourself staying in Northeast Nebraska? Yes. Um, one of the changes um, is I you know, I don't see myself you know with the music store forever. Um, actually, putting it out there kind of officially in 2024 is I am looking for someone to buy the music store. There you go. Um, hey, world. More, more, <laughs> no. break, more breaking, breaking news on the news. Now, but, okay, let's break that. Now, let's put this in the right thing because this happened to a business I saw just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The store is not closing. Okay, yeah, the store's world, not closing. World, I said I'd like to sell the store. <laughs> yeah, he's not closing. it's the other way because I just heard a, a local business downtown was saying, oh, yeah, we're looking for a new, you know, we're looking to sell the business. And mm-hmm. everything on underneath it was, oh, we're so sad they're closing. We're so sad. <laughs> The That's store <laughs> is not We're looking for closing. new owner. Like I would like ownership. to have a new ownership. You probably so, run it for ten more years of yeah, you, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's the deal. I'm not in a hurry. I do, and the reason We've why kind of talked about that with other people on this podcast, like they're always looking mm-hmm. for somebody to take over. Yeah. And, right. And I don't do want it. the store to go away. Right. Be, it's a staple. It needs and, to be here. And you right. look at it as I want it, somebody to come in that I can teach them the ropes exactly. and we can get this and keep. Set you up for success exactly. while I'm able to set you right. up for success. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I mean, do I have a goal? Yeah, I want two to four or five, six years. I'd love to have the store sold by then, but is it going to happen? I don't know. Right. And I'm, I'm not, and I'm not going yeah. away. So, Belch, um, <laughs> again. So, uh, that's the big thing is, yeah, okay. But the reason why is because I want to ramp up premier batons i want to mm-hmm. go back to folks because the music store does take away time of, of what i need there because yeah, you're down um, there a lot yeah, yeah yeah uh piano tuning is a service i love and enjoy and really do and it's good money and i want to do a lot more of that so there's a lot of more things where in a situation like hey I and mean, i can go out and tune pianos from nine in the morning and then okay i've done it too i'm gonna go golfing there you go <laughs> you know or i take my, my fishing pole with me and i'm out west i'm gonna go find a pond and, and like that i want that time you know so the music store does take a lot of my time right and so it, it's in there. I am super lucky. Can't say enough about my staff. No, mm-hmm. I am very, very lucky. Uh, Alexis and Tyler and Trevor and and Elijah and and all the crew that are down there and um, they're they're all kick butt people. And I can be out of the store and they run it. So I'm super lucky there. Um, but I just I'm you know at that point you know I've been doing it 26 years. I mean a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the goal is to get that, you know, sold to someone else, right? And then I can stay refocused and build up and ramp up my other businesses who have taken a back seat since I've been with the store. Right. So it's good to hear you want to you want to see it be in a good spot to yeah be passed on to. Yep. Yeah, I want to be to keep it going. That's important. I know a music a, a local music store in Norfolk is important. We have a lot of music stuff happening. It can be successful and be supported very well, and I think people would be very disappointed not to have something in Norfolk yep. of that. I would agree with you, for sure. Um, that's kind of where I'm. I, those are the questions I had. Um, if there's anything else you want to get off your chest, you've got the mic. You've got oh, time. Man, it's we don't we don't put a time frame on this podcast. So, so there's this one time I actually heard a kitty. And I'm not <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, man, dude. I'm I'm excited for you guys. I think you're doing a fantastic thing. I think I love the concept of you know where you bring it in Northeast Nebraska variety. Like I, when yeah. I looked over your podcast stuff of who you're bringing on. Wow, like. Like every direction, you know, that's, that's what really we're trying cool. to do. Yeah. And and here soon we're going to be bringing on all the, uh, well, I shouldn't say all, about 75 to 80% of the council candidates Sweet. and mayor, mayor awesome. candidates. So 
Be on no. the lookout for that. That's cool. Cool. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Like awesome. I just listened to now. I've, I've got something new to listen down the road. Uh, I'm excited. A lot of times as a musician, I don't listen to music actually going down the road because I, I get tired. Everything. But podcast is cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate you, you giving us some good words and uh, helping us out with some cabling and stuff. And maybe yeah. we'll have, now that I know you do some of the other stuff, you might have to come check out, help us with some of the studio stuff too, the stuff that I, yeah. that I really can't... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, and doing some different. I see, like, say you got a video going on here, like that. We can talk. Yeah, about I forgot to turn channel. the light on. See you. <laughs> see, you're learning. It's all good. I'm learning. It's just <laughs> shadows. Yeah. But uh, no, different ways to put different views and how to switch between cameras. It's actually pretty easy. Yeah, we're gonna do that. I kind of know that. It's just getting it all to to work to, well, yeah. to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Once the the studio's almost done downstairs. Once it's done, I'll be able to tinker and play and yeah. Once it's all set up. Hey, people out there, if you're looking for a, a great place to sponsor, you should sponsor a podcast. That's Yes, we're, we're, <laughs> we, we would love that. I appreciate that. Love that plug. <laughs> love that plug. Brought <laughs> to you by. Because pretty soon we're going to have space behind us to put some all right, put some advertising. And, and, that's awesome. And, and beer companies. Yep. Yes. I mean... We, we could we be drink drinking a lot of beer. beer. Drink a lot of beer. And yeah, I, bet, I bet you would even do a shot every once in a while. We would. We would. Yeah. <laughs> it would be possible. Um, I mean, you might be able to twist my arm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks to my co-host, Vance Neidig, and producer, Ryan Battershaw. He didn't say a whole lot today, but that's okay. He's running the board. He's making sure everything's going good. He's good. Um, without them, this show would not be what it is. Huge thanks to our guest. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, Chad. Yeah, thanks for having me. Maybe we'll, we'll get you on again. I hope some down down the road would be great. Maybe you'll bring it. Maybe you maybe can give us can. a musician or something. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, if you want to do some, uh, if you'd like to do an interview on some live uh, original music stuff, there's some actually some great stuff that's available right now. I can hook you up with. We would love to do that. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. amazing, dude. It'd be really cool. No, another variety we could definitely do. Yeah, um, but make sure to go check out everything Midwest Music has to offer. Chad is very knowledgeable and very happy to help with any of your music and audio and setup needs. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. All right. We'll see you guys next week.